Hey everyone, this is Jason Shappert, and you're listening to the Private Pilot Podcast by M0A.com, where a good pilot is always learning. What is a runway incursion? Hey everyone, Jason Shepard here of M0A.com and you are listening to the Private Pilot Podcast brought to you by our number one rated online ground school, groundschoolacademy.com. Check it out, learn more, check out our number one rated online ground school. You get a chance to chat with me each and every Monday night on our weekly workshop webinars, mock check rides, the form, plus exclusive access to over 400, 500 plus now private pilot videos. You think the videos we put out on YouTube are good? You think this podcast is good? Wait till you get inside the Ground School Academy. Visit groundschoolacademy.com to check it out and learn more. What is a runway incursion? Well, the FAA defines a runway incursion. This is the FAA speaking. And this is why our book, The Far Aim in Plain English, sells so well, because the FAA gives us crazy definitions like this. A runway incursion is any incurrence at an aerodrome involving the incorrect presence of an aircraft, vehicle, or person in the protected area of a surface designated for the landing and takeoff of aircraft. All right, and again, filtering through that legal speak, what does this really mean for me? Well, a runway incursion, keep in mind, doesn't have to just be an airplane. Like it said, it can be a vehicle. Now, the FAA takes us a step further and defines it as there are four categories of runway incursions. Here they are. Category A, a serious incident in which a collision was narrowly avoided. Category B is an incident where separation decreases and there's a significant potential for a collision, which may result in time-critical corrective evasive response to avoid a collision. Category C is an incident characterized by ample time and or distance to avoid a collision. And category D is an incident that meets the definition of a runway incursion, such as an incorrect presence of a vehicle, person, aircraft on the protected area of the surface designated for landing and takeoff, the runway, uh, of aircraft, but no immediate safety consequences. They've taken it that far to break runway incursions down into four categories. That's how often runway incursions happen. And I can't remember the number, but I, I want to say it was three and four reported runway incursions a day and dozens others, dozen of others that, that just go unreported. Runway incursions are a serious issue. Really, if I had to break it down into plain English, a runway incursion is anytime something, person, plane, whatever, vehicle, anytime something is on your runway that shouldn't be. And the opposite is true. You might be that something on someone's runway one day. It's a plane, taxis, taxis across our runway. I've had a runway incursion just this year with a tractor coming into land uh, at a grass strip, and the tractor apparently wasn't on the handheld radio. I didn't see him until I was on final. I realized, geez, there's a tractor on the runway mowing the grass strip, and I had to go around. <laughs> that got his attention and got him off the runway, and then I landed, and everything was okay. 
airport vehicles. If you've worked or, or flown around a class Delta airport enough, you've heard, hey, this is Ops 1 crossing this. Every, every morning at the Ocala airport, they do what's called a FOD check, F-O-D, where they're looking for foreign objects is what they're actually looking for out on the runway. Rocks. Uh, geez, they have this, this, in the airport manager's office, they have this big box of things they found. And I kid you not, there are iPads in there. There are charts in there. There are all pens, all sorts of crazy stuff that falls out of airplanes, keys that pilots don't realize or forget about or are too embarrassed to go back and ask for. And there literally is a lost and found of things that were found on the runway that have fallen out of airplanes. And it happens probably more, more often in Florida. It's so hot, the first thing we want to do when we touch down is open up that door, open up that window to get some air flowing in the cockpit because it's just so hot in our you know, general aviation aircraft. And pilots lose things that way. So an airport vehicle might be going out to retrieve something like that. An animal can cause an inadvertent runway incursion. Now the FAA has designated areas on a taxiway diagram as hot spots. Hot spots are areas where runway incursions happen and are more likely to occur. In fact, runway incursions have happened there so much that they've designated that area as an actual hotspot. Look at a taxiway diagram for a large airport, or not even large, it could be a class Delta airport in your area, and look, it'll be a red thin circle with a line coming out and it'll say HS for hotspot, then it'll number it. Hotspot one, hotspot two, and it'll show these hotspots at your airport. So it's so important when I'm taxiing out that I know where these hot spots are, that I can slow down and make sure I understand what the controller is asking of me to help avoid these runway incursions. Now here's another point. Even the pros can mess up. Even the professional pilots cause runway incursions. And I have a clip. The audio is old, so it's not that great, but our, our wonderful editor, uh, Tom, who does a beautiful job editing all these podcasts, uh, cleaned it up the best he could. Uh, it, it's still uh, certainly not perfect. The audio is, is very, very old, plus it's coming through old avionics, but it's United Airlines 1448, who has absolutely no clue where they are at the Providence Airport. The Providence controller thinks they're in one spot. United 1448 thinks they're in another spot. They can't agree on where they're at. There is no ground radar at this point like there is at some airports and soon to be all airports today with the advent of ADSB. But neither controller nor pilot know where they're at. But the truth of the matter is they're still on the active runway. They don't realize that, the controller doesn't realize that, and the controller continues to clear airplanes to take off and land, thinking United 1448 is somewhere else. So let's go ahead and play that clip. United 1448, what's your position? And uh, we're clear of the uh, runway on the November by Bravo, United 1448. Yeah, 1448. Thank you, Jack. You can land via Texas, November, and Tango, report crossing runway 16. 
Okay, November, Tango will report crossing wind 16 on the 1448. Yes, sir, 2998, thank you. FedEx 1652, runway 5 right, fly runway heading, clear for takeoff. Runway heading, clear for takeoff, fly right, FedEx uh, 1662. Now 1448 is on November by the runway here, we don't see the uh, return across straight ahead on November. Now 1448 from the crossway, 1628, November Tango on the other side. Tango on the other side, United uh, 1448. And uh, United 1448, uh, somebody just took off. United 1448, you shouldn't be anywhere near Kilo, hold your position please, just stop. Hi, this is United 1448. We are currently on a runway. I am looking out to the right with a kilo. Uh, we need to go on to the Kilo taxiway. United 1448, you were supposed to taxi November and Tango. I need to know what runway you're on. I can't see anything from the tower. Uh, Ma'am, we are on 2-3 right intersection of 1-6 and we did not connect on November. We are. We are by Kilo to our right, and we just overshot Kilo. We did not see it. Runway on 2-3 uh, left here. United, stand by, please. Yes, sir, 2998, runway 5 right, 5 runway heading, 3rd floor takeoff. Ma'am, I'm trying to advise you we're on an active runway, United 1448. 2-3 right is not an active runway. It's a taxiway when we're IFR in the dark. Yes, sir, 2998, runway 5 right, 5 runway heading, 3rd for takeoff. Uh, Tally, sir, 2998, we figure out what's going on down there. Listen, until we figure out what's going on down there, uh, uh, we're just going to hold short. And I, the controller's statement of, all right, fine, you know, you can hold short. He's not anywhere near the runway, but you can hold short. He's not anywhere near the runway, but you can hold short. It shows that runway incursions sometimes only take one, but the stupidity gets compounded when you add two to the mix. And I'm not talking about the co-pilot and the pilot. I'm talking about that airplane and that controller. The airplane was, they were having some CRM issues, some crew resource management issues between the pilot and the co-pilot stepping on each other. Usually in that airline environment, you designate the flying pilot, or in this case, the taxiing pilot, and then you have the talking and the navigating or helping with the taxiway diagram and talking on the radio and copying everything down pilot, and you work as a team. They broke that and they were stepping all over each other and the controller was trying to chime in there. The controller was convinced that they weren't where they said they were, but they were both wrong. Actually, when the one pilot, you could literally hear the other aircraft taking off in, the, in his transmission and he says, I'm trying to advise you we're on an active runway. And the controller says, no, you're not on an active runway. You're on this, this other runway that we use as a taxiway when we're IFR in the dark. And it's so amazing. The controller is so set and believing they're somewhere, and the pilots are so confused as to where they're at, but they know they're on an act. They know they're not in the right spot. And it goes to show you this: 
that even the pros can screw up. Even the professional pilots can screw up. So here's my tip to you. The private pilot, the aspiring private pilot, the one-day instrument-rated pilot that you're going to be, slow down. There is, in aviation, there's, it's, it's not a race. Slow everything down. Write down and read back. As that controller is giving you your taxi clearance, you're writing everything down. And you need to learn to develop your own sort of shorthand. For example, turn right on Bravo. I just draw a right arrow with a B. I don't literally write out the phrase, turn right on Bravo. You can't write as fast as these controllers are giving you your clearance sometimes. But maybe they are talking too fast. You can ask them to read it again. And they may sound frustrated. And they may be so busy that it's a hassle for them to read it back to you again. However, they'll be even more frustrated when you cause a runway incursion. And now they have to do some paperwork. And now you've got a phone number to call and somebody to talk to. And it's not somebody you're going to want to have to explain something to. The FAA controller. Or whoever, the FAA tower manager. Not somebody you want to have to have a chat with here. Slow down, write down, and read back. Read it all back to them. You cannot get a big long clearance. Turn right on Bravo. uh, Continue on Bravo. Hold short runway 3-1. Left on Charlie. Down to runway 3-6. It's making something up here. You cannot answer that by just saying, Roger. Or 5-9 Quebec. You've got to read that sort of thing back. Now, the controllers are better now because when you actually get a runway hold instruction, they stop the clearance there. The clearance will take you up into the hold. By that, I mean, if I did receive the clearance, turn right on Bravo, hold short runway 36. Turn right on Bravo, hold short 36, 7159 Quebec. I would turn right on Bravo, I'd get to 36, I'd hold short, I'd wait. I wouldn't say anything, they wouldn't know I was there. And then they would say, 7159 Quebec, continue across runway 36, turn left on Charlie to runway 31. Across 36, left on Charlie to 31, 7159 Quebec. There's going to be two parts to your clearance if you get a hold instruction like that. So be ready to write down and read back again. Now, the moment you find yourself confused, ask for help. The verbiage you can use is called progressive taxi. If you're ever confused, ask for a progressive taxi. And it's a very cool thing. They literally hold your hand. Okay, uh, Cessna 7159 Quebec, just start taxiing south down the ramp there. All right, taxiing south. And I start taxiing south down the ramp. They come back on the radio. Okay, 7159 Quebec, you're doing great. Uh, In a moment, you'll see that intersection. You'll see uh, Bravo is to your right. Go ahead and make a right turn right there where you see the Bravo sign. Turning right on Bravo. All right, 7159 Quebec, you're going to make your third left now on Taxiway Alpha. That's your first left there. There goes your second left. Okay, 5-9 Quebec, there's your third left. Go ahead and turn left now onto Alpha. And they literally hold your hand. Now, guys, you can't get something like that. I don't want to say you can't because it could happen, but... The odds of you getting something like that at JFK Airport, at O'Hare, at Miami, at Los Angeles are like zero. Less than a percent because they are just too busy. Now, 
I have heard instances where student pilots were just so lost and so frazzled, they really shouldn't have been in that airport taxi around in the first place, that they actually brought a controller off her lunch break and said, listen, go to this dedicated frequency and I'll coach you through it. And very, very kind, very, very nice of them to do that. Um, if you get in a jam, it is an option. But most Deltas, all Deltas, most Charlies, if they're not too busy, will give you a progressive taxi. Some of the best words you can utter when requesting a taxi clearance are the words student pilot. And Ocala Ground, Skyhawk 7159 Quebec. I'm at the North T Hangers with information Alpha, uh, VFR to the West, student pilot. And right there, the moment you say student pilot, they're going to talk a lot slower. They're going to give you a lot easier of a taxi. They might just automatically give you a progressive taxi. Or if you're not a student pilot, you can tell them unfamiliar with the airport. Because a lot of times, and I've had this happen dozens of times, uh, I was just going into the uh, Sarasota airport and I landed and they said, 5-9 Quebec, where are you parking today? I said, oh, I'm going over to uh, Retrex, which is the, the general aviation FBO there. And they said, okay, uh, Roger, taxi to Retrex. And I, I had, I've been to Sarasota like once. It was a long, long time ago. And I had to come back and say, uh, 7159 Quebec, uh, unfamiliar. Uh, could I get, uh, get, get some taxi instructions, essentially is what I said. They said, oh, 7159 Quebec, I apologize. Uh, turn left on this, right on this, cross 3-1 to, to the ramp. And I got that taxi clearance just because I, I mean, I could see the building, but getting there is a, a different story as, as far as where I'm able to taxi and everything else. Here's the thing, guys. If you don't understand, first off, slow yourself down. Slow that controller down, too, if you need to. Write down, read back. Have that taxiway diagram out with you on your lap. The moment you are confused, ask for help. The biggest message, the biggest takeaway I want you to have from this podcast today is humble yourselves. Sometimes there, there's a fine line between confidence and cockiness in the cockpit. If we can humble ourselves to say the words student pilot or say the words unfamiliar with this airport on the radio or ask for a progressive taxi, we've just made general aviation and the airport a safer place. Humble ourselves. Don't be ashamed to ever ask for help. Listen, thanks so much for all you guys do. If you love this podcast, if you love all our videos, 3.1 million views across our YouTube channel last year, by the way. If you love those videos, check out our number one rated online ground school. Visit groundschoolacademy.com to become a member today. Thanks so much for all you guys do. Enjoy the rest of your day. And most importantly, remember, a good pilot is always learning. Have a great day, guys. See ya.